This sermon is brought to you by Jenny and Bruce Bookby. They outbid everyone else at the auction. So we had a long conversation, and it was not long after we had talked about six moral pillars, what, what drives our opposing views in politics and how one should live one's life and what's important in terms of values. And that was still on their hearts and minds. And they talked a fair amount about something we've all talked about and read about and hear about, and that is the increasing polarization that's been documented of our, and now I'll say world. It's not just our country. It's everywhere. So we had long conversations about why can't being moderate be a value? Why can't we encourage more moderation? Why can't we encourage people to bridge that chasm that separates us in so many different ways. They talked a fair amount about history and um, the Vietnam War, the, the divide that divided us then. And I took them on. Okay, we'll talk about what it means to be moderate. And I've I've struggled. It's an interesting, it's not simple. It's, um, it's not just being in the middle. Um, so back to what we originally talked about with, his name is Height, the man who proposed that we develop our morals and ethics with six very discreet, and he described them as opposite poles. So one of the things we'll talk about is, in order to be a moderate, there has to be these extremes. That's ironic. To stand in the middle, there has to be outliers, outlying ideas. Um, and what Height talks about, he talks about our moral values in the extremes. For example, to remind you, liberals value two of the moral pillars. One has to do with care. We value care, caring for others, caring for ourselves, more than we value, well, it's weird to talk about valuing harm, but not caring about harm, those that are harmed, those that are um, struggling. And he talks about Liberals also value liberty. That's kind of obvious. But that means we talk a lot about oppression, that same end of harm and oppression. And we also talk about um, what's fair. Liberals tend to talk about fairness as opposed to cheating. But then Height makes the radical um, posit he and colleagues, this isn't just him by himself, he's a social um, scientist, 
He says, well, conservatives tend to appreciate all those pillars. Remember this? So conservatives are concerned about care and liberty and fairness. And they're also thinking about authority as opposed to revolution or subversion. They're also thinking about loyalty as opposed to betrayal. But what Bruce and Jenny wanted to talk about was how can we stand in the middle? How can we hold both ends of all six pillars on some level? How can we do that? And if you look up definitions for moderates, that's exactly what a moderate does. A moderate says, okay, I'm going to look over here at this end of things. Got it? Now I'm going to look over here at this end of things. Got it? They have a good point, but they have a good point. And I'm certain that the answer that is workable and will get something done, like the reading Larry read, is somewhere in the middle. And the term that gets used more politically, say, in the European Union is centrist. We don't use centrist as much, but moderate, centrist, in the middle, But you can't be in the middle unless you know what's going on at the ends or what's going on in the ends affects where the middle is. So it's part and parcel. There's no way to be uh, just a moderate without having extremes. It's an irony. So I've looked up, um, there, there actually is a think tank dedicated to Moderates called the Third Way, Natch. And they've done research just to look into, it is a growing group of political people who call themselves moderate. And then I struggled with, well, how much of this question is a political question? How much of that do we spend in a religious setting here in, in the pulpit talking about politics. How right is that? I'll come back to that. And how much of this question, maybe I'm just feeling my age, but how much of it is a question of age? That when you're younger, you're more drawn to learning about the extremes and see that as the answer. And then as you age a little and you see value over here, so how much is being moderate an age issue? Or, I prefer the word wise. <sighs> but it turns out, again, this poll says millennials, 42% of millennials call themselves moderates. So it's not just an age issue that recognizes how stuck and I think that's what we're really talking about here is a, a stuckness. When you are stuck in your own ideas and unwilling to consider others and unwilling to go, there, yeah, okay, there is some value over here. Um, so I put out in your order of service and I realized the copies may not have been made as they should be I was hoping one side would talk about 13 arguments. 
Does anyone, who has one that says 13 arguments? You may have to moderate yourself and cozy up to someone who does not have that. <laughs> because um, I'm, I'm very interested in this author, Feynman. He's a journalist, worked for Huffington Post, uh, Newsweek. You may have seen him on MSNBC and Rachel Maddow and other programs. And he wrote a book about uh, eight years ago called 13 Arguments. And what he posits is America is not America without these 13 extremes that we are forever going to be arguing about. That that is foundational to us. That we have these extremes that we that are always in tension. So that made me think about, well, I think of moderation as the release of tension. But maybe moderation is really about holding things. I don't know about you if you've done that gym work where you have to hold things together, that that really is moderation. It's more work. So the 13 arguments, if you got that sheet, got that memo, is about uh, one of the basic ones is, who are we? Not as Americans, but who are we as people? How do we define a person? So that involves slavery. Blacks were not considered a whole person. Native Americans, we measured their humanity by drops of blood. It's integral to our discussion of where does life begin? Is abortion the killing of a person? Or is it part of an integral system that involves a woman and? So that's one of those questions that we will always be asking. What does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be and it talks about, well, what does it mean to be American? Who is American? Once you've come over here, become a citizen, are you then an American? Or do you have to be born here? If you've come here illegally, does that have any validity? If you've so crossed the line legally, on some level, we dismiss people who are felons, no longer allowing them to vote. So that is, in some way, saying you are no longer American enough to have a say in our politics. So Feynman's book goes through 13 very interesting arguments. And he brings in the history of each of these 13 um, issues, burning issues that he says are foundational. They, from the minute we were formed as a country, we struggled with these. And I'm trying to encourage the brown bag discussion group to join me in reading it chapter by chapter and discussing it because it's, it's, um, it makes sense to me that perhaps all of our polarization is just us in not always a healthy way, but in a healthy moment saying, wait, I need to revisit this extreme and see if it's where I stand.
that we are born out of these extremes and the tension by holding it moderately. So I struggled with I don't want to make a, just a political sermon here. I'm not a political scholar. But it's everything we swim in these days, politics. And it's not inappropriate to, to discuss the culture that surrounds us in church. What is inappropriate is if we endorse a candidate or tell you how to vote. But our political values are grounded on some level in our faith and religious beliefs and experiences. So then I started thinking, well, if, if being a moderate, if being willing to find solutions, hold the extremes in tension, uh, I think there is value in... So some of the, the values in becoming moderate have to do with patience. Okay, I don't have to solve this problem right now because I'm going to find out what is in the extremes and think through what would be a solution. I started thinking of the things that we value as Unitarian Universalists or as Hope Church members that are more spiritual, if I can use that word, or faith-based, that feed into what it means to be moderate. So a certain level of patience, a certain willingness to listen deeply to someone whose ideas you disagree with that that's all part of being moderate and it's also all part of being a member of Hope Church. We're willing to sit next to each other even though we know that we have different religious beliefs, political beliefs, experiences that are different. So on some level, I think you've tapped into what it means to be a Unitarian Universalist. Except... <laughs> So then I started thinking about those of you who got a different blue sheet. Um, I put here, we've talked a lot be, uh, before about James Luther Adams. I return to him time and time again because he very beautifully distilled what it means to be liberal religiously and came up with um, five smooth stones in an essay. And those five smooth stones are a reference to David and Goliath and the fact that David picked up five smooth stones in order to smite the giant. And James Luther Adams was thinking about the giant as orthodox Christianity and some of the extremes that that particular tradition, Protestant and Catholic tradition, held in his day, which was last century. And he had experiences in Nazi Germany that allowed him to see what it means when religion and politics get mixed. And they get mixed when it has to do with what it means to be human, property, soil, boundaries, nations, nationhood, identity, and how dangerous that can be. And that was foundational for him. So he talks about liberal religious traditions in these five ways. And I started thinking, is he defining what it means to be moderate? 
So the, the bold, so I'll tell you, for those who don't have it, uh, he talks about there, that we believe in a source of truth that is not closed. We don't just believe that the Bible is the word of God and that's the only wisdom transmitted to human beings. We believe that truth and wisdom and education and information is ongoing. He talks about what it means to be in community and that being in community has to be done um, without coercion. We freely gather. Our state and government do not say, you have to be Unitarian Universalist, you have to be Protestant, you have to be Jewish, whatever. We are free to say, no, I'm going to go to this church. Then he talks about, so, what, so why are we alive and human? Our liberal religious tradition tells us that we have moral obligations, that we are not unfettered, and that our moral obligations are to help others. And then he talks about where does good and evil reside, and denial of the immaculate conception, denial that we are born as sinners, and uh, how do we make any of this happen? And he was a deist, believed in God. But I would say anyone who thinks they are the sole agent in the world is missing what it means to recognize that there are powers beyond you with whom you collaborate, the person next to you, this community, your family, our city, and whatever else happens with unseen forces that we can't name. And some here would call it God or divine, and others would say, no, that's just, uh, that's just life and serendipity. But I don't think the label matters as much as the recognition that you aren't the center of the universe. So my question is, are these five smooth stones moderate? Are we, Hope Unitarian Church, grounded in what it means to be moderate? Or I, the experience I have when I go to interfaith gatherings and I'm in them a lot is that we're actually way over here. <laughs> but I swim in this community, so it feels very moderate. But the minute I say things like, well, there is more than the Bible. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Not everyone uses the word God. All right. Yeah. That's okay. I just think we have to recognize that we are moderate and we're holding things in tension. But our task is always to be paying attention to this side that has different opinions. And that's always the work that we have to do. And so being moderate, I think it's like being Unitarian Universalist. You have to keep coming back here. It's not a place where you stand. I think you always have to go, huh, I'm looking here. I, so 
a deep religious value that I hope we all hold is curiosity. Why did you say that? Now, why did you vote that way? Oh, that's um, an interesting way to raise your child. Tell me more. <laughs> You're reading that? Tell me about that. that. That being a moderate is about being curious. And it's only in being curious that we can find how to build that bridge, how to create something that is actually workable, that people could walk over. So my, I think our work is discerning, always to discern. Is my, is my opinion so solid, or have I really asked enough questions? So I challenge all of us, just this week, just for one week, if you consider yourself moderate or you find, well, my opinion's kind of moderate, to be asking, what do I know about the extremes? And to actually walk towards the extremes. We may talk next week and weeks to come. There is, uh, I've mentioned this before, there are extremes happening in our Unitarian Universalist Association about hiring, about race, about what are our values. And they've got me thinking about, so can you be moderate and make the necessary revolution? Can a moderate really make change? And, and so for this sermon, I'm saying, yes, of course, build that bridge. But Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and others who are not so lucky to stand in the middle so how much of standing in the middle is privilege, is about our privilege, about our ableist privilege, our, relig our racial privilege, our economic privilege? I can stand here because I'm comfortable. But Martin Luther King in his letter in the Birmingham jail is admonishing the white clergy for being moderate. Because he's saying this is the time to act. So I'm not sure moderates are all perfect. I'm not sure it's always effective, but that's the, that's the hard work that we have to do is discern when can I build bridges and when do I have to take a stand and say, yes, this is an extreme, but if I don't stand here, I stand for nothing. And if I stand here enough, enough people will get with me so that it becomes almost moderate. Darn, I wish this were simple. Wish I had something simple to say, but I think it's complicated. And I value that we are Unitarian Universalists and can hold paradox and extremes and difficulties together in tension. So I'll remind you what I want you to do this week, which is notice when you feel moderate and what the extremes might be or if you feel like something's extreme well what's what's over on the other side and what might a moderate position be just pay attention to that
May it be so. Oh, I have one, I have one thing. Here's what I appreciate about moderates and why the extremes can be exhausting is there's no humor. So right before I started this sermon, Bruce handed me a Wall Street Journal cartoon. I tried to find some for the um, visual hymn. So people at a cocktail party, classic New Yorker kind of cartoon. And uh, a woman is kind of whispering to a man, don't talk to him. He's some crazy moderate. 